Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Good Friday morning to you, Friday the 8th of March 2019. International Women's Day. So happy International Women's Day to all with the theme this year is balance for better. And they say better the balance, better the world. And I think it's a theme we can all learn from. Balance for better doesn't just have to be about women and equality. Um, I think men, I think everyone can learn from balance for better because if you get, particularly on a work-life balance, if you can manage to achieve that perfect work life a balance then we would all live in a much better world. To celebrate International Women's Day today in the second hour of the programme between 11 and 1 we've invited three Cork female politicians to join us in studio for uh, coffee cakes and chats. We're just going to sit around shoot the breeze, have a little bit of a chat. We're not not going to be heavy. We're not going to get into policies. We're not going to discuss what they stand for. But a little bit about how they got into politics, why they got into politics, the role of women in politics. Do we need more women in politics? What do women bring to politics? And I will be really interested because they're three very busy uh, female politicians. I will be very interested to see how they and do they manage to achieve the work-life balance and what do they do to, in order to try to maintain a work-life balance. So that will be our bit for International Women's Day. Uh, make sure that you check out our social media pa- pages as well, the C103 social media pages, because there's lots of great content that we have created for International Women's Day. And you even have a chance to win a Kildare Village gift card. We have a number of them to give away across our Facebook page and our Instagram all you need to do is tag the women in your life and you could win one of those 250 gift cards that are on offer to celebrate International Women's Day with Kildare Village and Balance for Better on C103. Staying with the winning and the giving away, we have our final set of tickets to give away to go along and see Daryl Hall and John Oates live at the Marquee on Monday the 8th of July. The tickets officially went on sale yesterday at Ticketmaster.ie but of course every day this week 
we have been giving tickets away so a final pair of tickets we will give away later on on the programme today your chance to win for Hall and uh, Oats a little bit later on and I want to revert back to yesterday for a moment because on the programme yesterday we had been contacted by Anne one of our listeners who was asking us if we could find out what was going on with the composting bins that were being handed out by Country Clean. She didn't seem to mind getting one of the bins, but she had just paid her yearly bill in February. Then she got delivery of this brown compost bin. Then to discover there was an additional charge of uh, €21. And she said she was never made aware that there was an additional charge for this bin. And she was a little bit annoyed about it. And she was trying to get on to Country Clean. But Country Clean operated one of those services where they seemed to be very hard to get through to. You just seemed to be talking to a machine and press one for this and press two for that. And she was just, she was asking us, could we find out what was going on? And so we put in an email to Country Clean asking them if they could explain what is the procedure with these new bins. And I did say at the time, if my memory serves me right, that it was something to do with EU legislation, that we all had to have one of these bins. Anyway, Country Clean got back to us and I was right. Under the EU, household food waste and bio waste regulations, all waste companies are now legally obliged to directly supply a brown bin to all household customers that's in towns with a population over 500 people to comply with the law. Country Clean over the next few months are finishing off the rollout of its brown bin deliveries to all applicable towns. So that's important to anyone listening. If you are a customer of Country Clean and you live in a town with a population of over 500 people and you don't have a brown bin, you can expect delivery of one of these brown bins where you put all of your food waste into it. It's part of the new EU household food waste and bio-waste regulations. And under those new regulations, householders are no longer permitted to place food waste in your general bins or the bins, the waste bins, the bins that go for landfill or incinerator. There are rules in place. You're not allowed to do it. In addition to the EU law, there were also new bylaws introduced in February of this year by the local authority whereby householders can be subject to on-the-spot fines of €75 and we do know and we've discussed it on this programme how local authorities are carrying out new household waste patrols the, the rubbish the rubbish police we were talk, call, calling them last month and that's to ensure that householders are correctly disposing of the waste. Now, where does the €21 Euro come into it? Well, Country Clean tell us there is a once-off set-up fee of €21 Euro, and this is for the delivery of the new brown bin. Where customers don't want to pay the once-off €21 Euro and don't require a brown bin collection service. Customers will have to confirm this in writing as Country Clean will then have to retain that written instruction for the local authority. Country Clean, when that happens, will then organise to come back and remove your brown bin and then they'll credit you if they've already charged you the uh, €21. But the reason Country Clean have to retain the written instruction is if you are then caught putting your food waste into your general waste bin, the local authority will immediately say, why aren't you putting it into your compost bin? Country Clean has to prove we did offer them a compost bin and they refused it. Now, it is very possible that you're composting yourself at home and that you don't have any food waste. And if that be the case, then perhaps you don't need one of these compost bins, but you're going to need to be able to prove that to the local authority. If the 
rubbish police come knocking on your door asking how exactly are you disposing of your rubbish. 18, thank you by the way to Country Clean for sending on all that information to us uh, yesterday and glad to clarify it. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. Let's take a look at what's coming up on the programme today. We are going to find out why restaurants are so against calorie counts on menus. We know that the Department of Health have been talking about introducing calorie counts so that when you go into any restaurant, uh, when you'd even in a fast food restaurant and you would pick up a menu, you would straight away be able to see that whatever you're having, your chicken satay, your roast dinner, your Kentucky fried chicken, whatever it is, you would clearly be able to see that there, how many calories are in each portion. And the, the Department of Health have been talking about this since James Riley was the health minister. I'm trying to think back when was James Riley the minister for health, but it's a good many years ago. So they've been talking about it for quite some time. Simon Harris now as minister for health has decided, right, enough is enough. I've done everything to try to get the Restaurant Association to voluntarily sign up for it. So he has decided that he is introducing legislation at the end of this year, which is going to force, there will be a law in place that will force all restaurants to ensure and to make sure that there are calories on all of their menus. The Restaurant Association have never been very happy about this. It has been introduced in other countries. Now, we're doing the... The Irish government want to do it. It's to, it's to do with obesity. We have a problem with obesity in this uh, country. And they reckon that if there's calorie counting on a menu, when you go out for a meal, it will make you stop and think what you're going to order. If you know something is 600 calories versus something is 2,000 calories. But will it make you stop and think? Will you look at the calorie counts on a menu? Or are you more interested in what's in the meal? Or maybe you're more interested in what the meal charges? And will the actual amount of calories in the meal, will it affect the way you choose your food? I know certainly a number of years ago being in New York and going out for dinner when, and calorie counting was in and is still in uh, I think it's all over the states is in and I remember I'd had a nice meal you know when it comes to would you like dessert ma'am and you get handed the dessert menu and you really are quite full but you're out for a meal and it was my birthday and I said oh god will, will I have I sure I will you know and you looked at the menu and next I saw the amount of calories that was in the desserts and I, when the waitress came back and said, what would you like? I said, I'll have a cup of coffee, please. I declined. So definitely I was influenced by the amount of calories. Now, as I say, I was full. I had had a big meal. But it did, I remember discussing it. I did remember thinking if I had been home in Ireland and as full as I was and I was deciding to treat myself. And sometimes we do that. Sometimes when you go out and you really don't need the dessert, you might share a dessert. Could we have that dessert and can you bring out two spoons, please? You might do that. But it was the minute I saw the calorie count, I said no. Anyway, we're going to find out why the restaurants are so against it. But we'll put it out there to see how, how people feel. Would you like to see calories on menus? Do you think it would help when it comes to our obesity problems? And we do have a massive obesity problem in this country. I think what's more worrying is childhood obesity, because if you have a children, if you have children who are overweight, we know 
the statistics are there and the evidence is there that an overweight child grows into an overweight adolescent and then goes on to be overweight into adulthood. So we need to do something about it. Is this the answer? Your thoughts welcome to please 1850 We're also going to hook up with a Mallow mother who will update us on the fight that she's having to get her son a special wheelchair. Her son is has been in hospital. The wheelchair he's been using, he outgrew and it caused pressure sores and we were horrified to hear of a teenage little a teenage boy I say little boy he's a teenage boy but a teenage boy developing pressure sores so bad that he ended up having to go into CUH he's been in CUH I think he's still in there actually for the bones of two months getting skin grafts on the pressure sores that were caused because he was in a wheelchair that was gone too small for him. When we last spoke with this mum, we thought it had all been sorted. We thought he was getting his wheelchair, but it seems that's not the case. So she's going to update us on the uh, story. After 12, we're hoping to hear about these amazing little four-year-old twins from Clonakilty who are picking up Bravery Awards today. They... um, uh, They were amazingly brave when it came to discovering that their granny had collapsed and was unconscious and they knew exactly what to do and how to get the help that was needed for granny. It's an incredible story. We'll talk about that uh, later on. And it is Friday, so we'll go to the movies with Mark. Texter, this is on the bins and the brown bins that uh, every household now, well, the bin companies must deliver them to every household in a town with a population of over 50 people. And it's to, uh, 500 people, it's to do with the EU household food waste and bio-waste regulations. Hi, Patricia. I'm with Wiser Bins and I've never heard anything from them about these brown bins. Well, I'm assuming you will be hearing about them very, very soon because the regulations and the rules are in uh, place. Now, there is a lead-in period that the bin companies have to make sure everybody has one of these brown bins. I mean, Country Clean are saying they're rolling it out over the next few months, so I'm assuming Wiser Bins, because all of the bin companies are going to have to do it. This isn't a, this isn't a regulation that just covers uh, Country Clean. And by the way, a couple of people have been on with specific questions about Country Clean to do with the charging. For example, Helen in Butterland has one of the brown compost bins with Country Clean and she says that when it goes over a certain weight, they charge extra for it. She wants to know once you pay the €21, is there going to be any extra charges and how much weight are you allowed per month? Well, the €21 Country Clean tell us was a delivery charge of the new bin. It doesn't seem to be anything to do with what goes in into the bin. So I suggest you contact them because somebody else, we had a couple of other people on as well, uh, querying the charges, etc. And when we spoke with Country Clean, they said if individuals, because I can't get into individual questions, if individual customers have questions about the charges you can ring their customer care line on 022 48486 that's 022 48486 and I did say to John Paul will somebody be at the end of that number to take a call to make sure that it isn't one of the ones with the automated messages because that frustrates people and I get annoyed if I'm giving out a number and telling people you can ring this number and there isn't, you know, it's only press one, press two and press three at the end of the line. But John Paul said, no, it is customer care and somebody will be there. But Country Clean can't comment on individual cases to us, which I absolutely appreciate. So to anyone who've got a query about your bill or about your brown, your brown bin or about the charges associated with it, with Country Clean, 022 48 
4486. And thank you to Country Clean for uh, helping us out on that one. I want to give a quick mention to a geological survey that's going on at the moment. Um, now they did this before it's low flying pa- planes and we normally get calls in from people that are nervous wondering what are these planes doing in the sky we have people afraid that it's somebody it's somebody snooping on them trying to see are they burning rubbish in their back garden etc or is it people trying to case the area so just to allay people's fears the geographical survey is they're resuming their flights for 2019 they're going to be over West Cork they're going to be over Limerick and North Tipperary and it's a nationwide programme they're collecting geochemical and geophysical data on rocks soil and water and they're doing across the whole of the country. So it's low lying aircrafts with scientific instruments on board and they carry out the measurements and they'll be doing it in our area in the coming months. The survey began in early autumn of last year they're flying it, pardon the pun because they're nearly 60% complete but because of the low flying nature of the planes the worry is that the planes sometimes can concern livestock are bloodstock. So they're suggesting that any livestock or bloodstock owners in West Cork, Limerick or North Tipperary, if you are, if you want to find out the days that these low flying planes are going to be in your area, for example, they're asking you to make contact with the Telus survey and they are the group responsible for this geological survey that's going on. They have a free phone information line, 1800 45 That's 1800 45 I'll do that again. One eight hundred forty five fifty five sixty five. If you just want to find out exactly when those low flying planes are going to be in your area, let's take a break. Though eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three, and we're going to come back speaking with the Restaurants Association of Ireland. Celebrating International Women's Day two thousand and nineteen with Kildare Village C one zero three. C103, the River Lee and the Evening Echo bring you the Cork City Sports Athletics Award. Every month, a panel of sporting experts will give recognition to an outstanding Cork athlete. This month's award goes to Alex Wright of Leevale AC. Following a number of achievements, Alex broke the Irish 3,000-metre walk record at the AAI Indoor Games. The Cork City Sports Athletics Award with the River Lee and the Evening Echo and C103. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Now, Minister for Health Simon Harris intends to publish new legislation by the end of this year, which will require restaurants to display calorie counts on menus. The Restaurants Association say the planned rules are not the answer to dealing with obesity. And joining me to discuss the proposals is Liam Edwards, who is president of the Restaurant Association of Ireland and a member of the Kinsale Good Food uh, Circle. Good morning to you, Liam. Good morning. Thanks for uh, um, you're, well, you're welcome to the programme. Now, we've been talking about these proposals since James Riley was Minister for Health. Can you start by outlining why restaurants are so against putting calories on menus? Um, I suppose our argument has always been kind of um, split in two, where we've kind of, we said the first argument that we have is from kind of a chef point of view. And this is solely really for independent restaurants. So from a chef point of view, we feel it kills creativity. We feel the time management is an issue. We feel that chefs feel how, how will they police this? How will it be policed correctly? And we just feel it's very unworkable. I mean, well, a lot of our restaurants, we work on daily specials, like my restaurant alone in Jim Edwards. We, work, we have a fish of the day, and at half 11, we would only find out what that fish is. So we create a dish within a half an hour, and then we'd have to put a calorie count on it. And our second argument is that 
we've done a lot of research into this and we don't feel that putting calories on restaurant menus is a cure for obesity. We feel, and we've done a lot of work on this, and we feel that food education is the key here, primary school level, get that food education into the curriculum. We've offered our help in hand to Minister Simon Harris. We've offered our help in hand to Joe McHugh. We've, we've sent personally sent in letters to them. They've refused to kind of meet with us with, with what our proposals would be. Like Our argument is that we have a lot of chefs the highs of the highest quality in this country who would be willing to assist in any of these programs at a local level, the farm to fork, kind of pasture to plate kind of programs. So, I mean, that's where, that's where, that's where our argument is at and we just but feel a, that we're not being listened to. But today, according you know? to the Food Safety Authority, they say that consumers want calories on menus. Would you dispute that? I think when it goes out there and the, the Joe they ask for the, the public for their opinion, I think it's easy to say yes, without without actually kind of thinking it through. I think a lot of the units, like our argument then again is that we feel with um, the chains, it works in their favour. So if you've got a central unit and you're producing food for five or six chains around the area, for five or six restaurants, and it all has to be uniform, and it's all the grams have to be so specific, then it works in their favour that they can make an education choice when the public comes into a place. A well, I think like, well, the ex- an, an example, prime example of that would be McDonald's. So McDonald's, exactly, I think, already yeah, have exactly. calories, but then you know exactly what you're getting. And as you say, every single restaurant, every single chain is going to be the same. That's what we would propose, that all these chain restaurants, anything over over maybe six units, that they would, they would put in their calorie count and then they can make a choice when they go into these. But, uh, I mean, for an independent restaurant like ourselves, I would find a regular customer would be a customer would come to just once every three weeks. Putting calories on that on that dish that he decides to eat is not changing society. It's not changing the issue here. The, the deep down issue here is that obesity is a problem in Ireland, and society is a problem how it deals with obesity. And we, I mean, I have three kids in primary school level, and I just don't feel there's enough of food education being done at primary school level to teach these kids all about the nutritional values of food, all about what the rights and wrongs and set a, set a programme that they can continue on for the rest of their life. And what they should and shouldn't be eating. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Out of interest, have you ever been asked about the calories in a dish when somebody is, is going to order a meal? I've never been asked. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> We've been asked, I mean, we're dealing with allergies and we yeah. take this very seriously. And we, I think the allergy, the allergy issue has been handled very well by the government. We're fully cooperative in all the restaurants and if somebody has a, an allergy, the, the kitchen is a of the utmost importance and it treats it very seriously and we 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 have no problem with the allergies so allergies is a big issue in our in our kitchen that we treat is it that becoming a bit of an uh, just as an aside is that becoming a bit of a nightmare because so many people are either saying i mean in in, in yeah, a lot of cases they're intolerant rather than an allergy but yeah, it, some, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, as you said that is another issue yeah like yeah we've often had stories where they say they're gluten-free and they'll go through the whole process and you'll give the gluten-free bread and the gluten-free sauces and then they might ask for a, a banoffee pie with a yeah, bit of yeah. <laughs> Well, you see, that, that's somebody who might be gluten intolerant. They can take small amounts, but then you yeah. can't confuse that with somebody who's celiac, who exactly, can't take yeah. a, you know, a tiny bit of gluten. Yeah. yeah, It is, there's a lot of confusion out there. All right. Okay, back to the calorie counting. Other countries um, do it. Do you know, is there any evidence that it, that it tackles obesity? I'm straight away thinking of the United States of America who have calorie counting in. They they, they have it in certain states. And I, I, I think and they, they introduced in Canada for in a, kind of they phased in, in Canada for a little bit and it didn't work at all and it was phased out. There's no country in the EU has tried this yet, you know. So 
Um, there is no proof. There is definitely no proof that it, that this does work. You know, I mean, I still go back to, again to the, the independent restaurants. However, her our business model is very different to a, a McDonald's in this world, where they can use it to their to their favor. They like, look, we're introducing a new burger which has two hundred less calories. You know, but for us, we've got you know, we're seasonal seasonal ingredients. We change our menus daily. Um, you know, it's just, it's very unworkable. It's very unworkable. And You'd almost have to try to guess, wouldn't you? In, you know, some of the ingredients, would you? Would it, would it be like a guesstimate almost you'd be doing? It, yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, our chefs are not are not qualified nutritionists. They're, they're qualified chefs, you know, and, you know, they, they, they taste, they flavour, they, they, their sauces aren't always the same. They might feel it might need a little bit extra of something. So, you know, and, and they'll make daily decisions on that, you know. And, uh, yeah, it's just all so unworkable. And then, as you just said, like, would it be taken that, would, would the chefs be able to do it accurately enough? And would it, would it be a case where two restaurants next to each other would be advertising a 100-calorie-less burger, you know, oh. by just taking out one item? And But I also, but also, Lehman, and I think you touched on it, how, how in God's name can the government police that? Well, they would put they would put the onus on the EHO officers, you know, and I've never heard of a statement yet from the EHO department to say that they would be in favour of this because the workload that would be involved in this would be astronomical, you know. I just don't know how they would come in and actually say, you know, how they take away an item, would they take away the sauces, would they take would they take away and do their own calorie count to see whether we're telling the truth or not the truth? I just don't know how it could be workable, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, I, I mean, it is looking like the legislation is coming in, even though I did see that Simon Harris, I mean, he's saying he's going to prioritise the scheme to get the legislation in for this year. But but he said that it's important to note that the work is going to be carried out in consultation with the stakeholders. That's you guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, he's yet to engage with us on it, you know. I mean, we, and I, he's yet to engage with um, a lot of people on, on this matter, you know. So, I mean... As we've kind of said, we've like, we made recommendations, like simple recommendations of vending machines. I think he, there's a little bit of um, work on this, vending machines in schools, that they should be all, they should be all healthy produce in, the, in those vending machines. We've made recommendations just of the, of the food education curriculums. We've made recommendations that we, we, you would have a chef that would be associated with a primary school, you know, that he would become a little bit of a mentorship with them. Um, we have chefs who are willing and able to do this, and, you know, they would, get, they would learn a little bit of the history of of the food produce, you know, especially somewhere like Kinsale, where food is such a an important part of our of our industry here, we would love to have the access to go into primary schools and explain to them exactly where where your food comes from, where a lot of kids mightn't even know, you know. Um, and one of our listeners, she's actually listening to us in, in Berlin, in Germany, uh, says, Hi Patricia, when you go out for a meal, you're either out for a special occasion or else you're not near your home, but you need to eat. I think it's not necessary to have calories counted as you're going to eat what you want and need. Anyway, kind regards, Anne, who says, Happy International Women's Day. It's a bank holiday here in Berlin. The government should be doing that for us women instead of making legislation about calories on a menu. It's like telling people they're not capable of ordering what food they want. Yeah, there should be a little bit of intelligence level as well about it, uh, shouldn't there? Yeah, I mean, as I as I said before, like, I mean, I would call a regular customer to us, the customer comes once every three or four weeks, and that would be, like, they would they would make an effort to come out, they would have to get their, a lot of them would have to get their babysitters, their taxis, they, these days they'd have to get their taxis, and they would come out and it would be an occasion, and they come to us and they just want to unwind, relax, and, you know, they want to choose what they want to choose, you know, and I don't think calories on the menus is, is, is a decision making that 
needs to be put to them when they're coming out for this um, this meal, you know. I just think it's totally inappropriate. Okay, and a lot of listeners feel, and I have to say the same way, somebody has summed up by this, um, Patricia, why are the government so against people enjoying themselves? If I go out for a meal, I want to enjoy myself. I don't want to be bloody counting calories. And there's no. a lot of people making that very same, they're making that very same point. Um, okay, all right. Um, and what's on the menu today in, in Jim Edwards and Kinsale? Oh, as I said already, we've, we're, we're going to this, we'll get the, the fish delivery about half and half eleven today, so we, we don't even know yet, you know. So you wait, you wait for the fish delivery to come in, because yeah, that makes like, it exciting, doesn't it? And exactly, then you decide... Yeah, yeah. so they, they tell us what, what's available, we put in an order, so we get a small quantity of what's available, so they'd be coming in, and then we create our dish within a half an hour, they might ring us in the morning to say, look, we've got... We've got cod today. Will you take it? And we said we will. And that's, that's our fish of the day then. And obviously we've got a standard menu and then that's on every day as well. And by God, the freshest of fish. Exactly. Yeah, that's the way to Which go. Is the most important thing of yeah, all this. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay. And it is Friday as well. Uh, yeah. Fish Day. Listen, Aileen, thank you for that. And uh, thanks for joining us on the programme. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Liam Edwards, President of the Restaurant Association of Ireland. He's also a member of the Kinsale Good Food Circle and uh, he's of Jim Edwards in Kinsale. It's interesting because the Food Safety Authorities say that when they conducted a survey, they found a huge proportion. Did I read somewhere with something like 96% of respondents said that they wanted calorie menu labelling uh, in all food outlets? And any time we discuss this issue... I find it very hard to get a majority view of people to say, yeah, absolutely put the calories on. Most people don't want to see the calories on. And a lot of people of that view that when you're going out for a special meal, the last thing you want to be doing is counting calories. You know, if you're worried about your weight and you are counting calories, you do that at home for the rest of the month and then if there's a special treat and you're going out for a meal you just you kind of think well I'll just forget about it uh, tonight this will be my treat night and then I'll go back to watching the calories tomorrow I think for that reason people are a bit turned off about calories on uh, menus uh, your thoughts welcome to 1850 text or whatsapp 0862 103 103 We've given away five grand with C103 Cash Tracks I'm going to give you a hug and I'm going to give you 500 euro. Oh, that's unbelievable. Congratulations to you. You've just oh, won for yourself 500 euro. Oh, fantastic. You have just won 500 euro. Oh, my God. I'm so happy. How about 500 euro, Richard? Kind of better? Not a bother, yeah. You are calling number 50. Oh, that's very good. Thanks so much. It's our way of saying thank you for listening to C103. With Kavanaugh's, the new name for Ford in Mallow. For new and used car sales, visit Kavanaugh's.com. C103 Cash Tracks. Stay listening for our next big giveaway. On the home of Cork's greatest hits. C103. Now back in February, I spoke with Mallow mother Gronia Lynch about her teenage son, Liam, who was a patient in CUH at that stage for a month due to pressure sores caused by his power wheelchair, which he had outgrown. When we spoke with Gronia, she had received the good news that the HSC would be allocating Liam his new chair. But it seems that wasn't the case. And Gronia Lynch uh, once again uh, joins me. Good morning to you, Gronia. Morning, Patricia. How are you? I- I'm very well. I suppose let's start with Liam first. How is Liam doing? I-, I believe he didn't have his operation. No, he didn't. Um, what they did was they cleaned out the wound and they debrided it. And then they made a decision not to uh, do the operation until 
there was um, until the, the wound was at a particular stage, which were not at yet. So he's still a patient in CUH? Yes, yes we are. And he's been there since the January, isn't it? 19th of March, 19th of January, yeah. And we are now into March. We are. And are um, we, have we, uh, have we, have they given any indication of when he'll be released? No, no we haven't. Um, the antibiotics he's on now are for a bone infection in his bone, which would be, um, they think he'll be, he'll be on his antibiotics for at least four to six weeks. Um, and also they bought him a special mattress called a sand mattress, which is total pressure relieving, relieving. Um, so hopefully now with all these elements in place, uh, it'll help with the healing quicker and we might be able to get out of here a bit faster. But we have no idea when. Okay, again, I'll go back to when I spoke with you, which was on Monday the 18th of February at that stage. Yeah, he was a day yeah. short of being a month in hospital. We yeah. thought that we were going to be talking about the need for the power chair and your, mm. when your opening statements was, you, you've got the good news, you were getting it. Or yeah. Liam was getting yeah. it. What happened since? Well, we have the chair, but the chair can't be moulded, well, the CC can't be moulded um, to Liam's posture until he's actually fit and stable to sit in a uh, a contraption to actually suck and mould to his posture. So that is going to take um, another few weeks. And then once that is done, then it's going to take another six to eight weeks for that to be developed and, and made. So like we're looking, I would say, May, June, before we actually get his chair, before he's sitting in his chair, his HSC chair. But the funding is there and that's all. The funding is there, yeah, which is great, which is great. But, but your annoyance is... We should. You shouldn't be in this situation, and Liam shouldn't be in this situation. Oh God, yes, it's, it's, <laughs> that's the crux of it. Liam shouldn't be in the situation if the HSC had sanctioned his chair six months or even a year ago. We wouldn't be. Caught, we wouldn't be here. Um, costing him to be a fortune. Liam's mental health. Our family is <laughs> fractured. I suppose half was in Mallow and half was in the CUH. You know, it's just unnecessary. Yeah, it's and you did. I know um, Sean Charlotte got involved in in trying to help you out, but yeah. you did um, um, you you did a really good breakdown of just showing the stu- you know how how from a financial point of view what this has yeah. cost the HSE yeah. by having yeah. lean, and I mean ultimately they pay for the chair anyway. They did. Well, the, the, like I said, the if they had paid for the chair, it would be about four thousand as opposed to over 100000 which would be the cost to the HSC uh, when he's finished. You know, it just doesn't make any sense how they can make, you know, it doesn't make any sense. For total false economy. Total, oh, total awfully, false awfully. economy. And and how is Liam doing? We know, well, physically he's doing the best it can be. Yeah. How, is it hard to keep his spirits up? It is. It is. I mean, like, if you're lying in bed 24-7 and you can't get out of that bed, and also you're in a bed that has, you know, you're floating and you can't even move it. Move, you think, you know, it's it's hard. It's very hard on him. And he should be, he's junior search here, isn't he? He is, he is. Um, he should be doing his junior search. Um, and we're trying to put into place um, that he can start, you know, doing work towards it. But I just don't know how feasible that's going to be. Is he in any form to do study while in the hospital? 
Um, he is, but what the with this new bed we have, like it's there's a huge there's a huge motor, and the motor is um, circulating the air twenty four seven. Like so, there's a constant noise, a loud noise in the room all the time. Oh so God. I don't know how conducive that is to learning or even studying. You know. I know. I know. And how I know you're you stay up there. You you are you mm. sleeping on a have you a bed? What are you sleeping on? I have a, I bought an air mattress. On the floor. On the floor. Yeah. Bes- beside him. Beside him, yeah. <laughs> God, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. At least I can get out. I can go past to, to Wilton. Like I can go for a cup of coffee. Like but Liam is stuck in the bed since the nineteenth of January, and if if they had just given the money, there and then. We wouldn't be here now. I don't know what the killing thing is, right? That you have to be cute to get the wheelchair. You know, so anybody that's acute gets the wheelchair before a child that needs the wheelchair. So they force you to become acute in order to get the yeah. wheelchair? Yeah, and how, again, like false economy. Yeah, absolute false. And the, the waste of money and resources. Yeah. I mean, this, he's in, in, Lima's in an acute bed for yeah. two months and you are. Judging by what you're saying, you're going. He's going. You're going to be there till the end of March, probably into April. Are you? Oh, I'd say if we're out for Easter, we're very. Oh, for God's sake! Oh, that's just so. And and then, even if you do come out for, please God, you'll be well out for Easter. But even to be out for Easter, it's it's only them they'll make the mould for the chair, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once his uh, pressure is at a point that he's able to sit uh, for a period, extended period of time. That they can do the most, then there's then there's that uh, creation of the chair. Yeah. Listen, hang in there. You're you're a fantastic mother, and 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 poor old, poor old I just I feel so sorry for the kid. Like he should be out enjoying himself, and 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 he should be moaning about the, all the study that he has to do for his junior yeah. search, as all teenagers are, are doing. And yeah. instead, he's probably desperate. He wishes he could be moaning about the work that he has to do for his junior search. Absolutely. We'll yeah. uh, touch base with you again, uh, Grony. In the meantime, uh, hang okay. in there, okay? Mind yourself. Thank you. And you give too. our best wishes to Liam. Uh, bye bye. That is uh, Grony in. Ronnie Lynch from Mallow for joining us from uh, CUH. Um, so mad, says one listener, to hear that that little child, well, young young man, he's a teenager, he'd, been, he'd gone nuts to hear say little child, can't get his wheelchair when they gave over a, a million euro was given to a local sporting organisation. Surely the needs of the sick should come before sporting organisations. It's Lights Camera Action here in the studio at the moment uh, because we are doing our International Women's Day special in the next hour with three female po- uh, Cork politicians joining us in the studio to have a little bit of a chat and we will be putting part of it up on our Facebook uh, page. We'll be streaming it on Facebook Live. So if you want to go to the C103 Facebook page if you want to take a look at what we're doing in studio we'll be doing that uh, in the next hour. You're listening to Cork today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Quick look at some of the texts uh, coming in on the recycling bins and says, Hi Patricia, I have two bins, one for recycling, one for waste. What is this new bin all about? Uh, what will I be putting into that? You'll be putting all of your food waste into the new one. And Joan in Mill Street says, Can you find out, Patricia, if a person living on their own can get a smaller food bin, smaller than the regular size? The large wheelie bin is very large. We'll try and get that one checked for you. And on calorie counting, hi Patricia, the whole thing. 
uh, with calorie counting what the hell are they trying to do to us uh, do, do they eat why don't they let us eat what we want to eat when we go out for a meal worry about your weight at home folks it's a disgrace we've been told what to eat what next as someone from Hawaii resident and Sandy says if the inclusion of calorie counting in American restaurants and the general impression of American physical appearance is anything to go by forcing restaurants to include calorie counting on, me- on m- menus seems to be a sheer waste of money it may be beneficial to those in weight fitness are those who are training it may create an uptake in portion supersizing and that's from Sandy send me a text into 086 103. a reminder we're celebrating International Women's Day with Kildare Village and we're inviting you to head over to our Facebook page because we're going to be doing a Facebook live stream of our next piece to celebrate International Women's Day I'll be joined in studio by three female Cork politicians going to take a quick break and that's up next This is the Cork Today replay on C103 Now today is International Women's Day and to celebrate we've invited three of our Cork female politicians to join us in studio for coffee cake and chats. Deirdre Clune is MEP for the South since 2014 for Fianna Gael. Deirdre was a Senator from 2011 to 2014 and TD for Court South Central from 1997 to 2002 and then 2007 to 2011. She was also Lord Mayor of Cork from 2005 to 2006. Margaret Murphy O'Mahony joins us. Margaret is Fianna Fáil Dáil Deputy for Cork South West elected in 2016 and was a member of Cork County Council from 2014 to 2016. And June Murphy is a Social Democrat councillor on Cork County Council, having been elected in 2014 as a member of the Sinn Féin Party. June is currently chair of the Fermoy Municipal District. You're all very welcome, ladies. And I hope I got all those dates and everything right. Did I? Everything is okay? That was good. Now, we're not talking politics today, but rather we want to talk about what it's like to be a female politician and the challenges and the obstacles that each of our ladies uh, face. So, we're going to start by asking each of you why you decided to get in politics. Deirdre, let me start with you. I take it with you, it's in your DNA. It's in my DNA. I think I, I spoke at a selection convention uh, five years ago for the European politics, and for the European Parliament and I said, my opening statement was I was born with a Fine Gael membership card in my hand. But, um, I mean, jokes aside, like I was, I grew up in a political house. I'm the eldest of six. My father was in, that was it, politics was politics and he was, the house was like a constituency office and so, um, I didn't have them at those days. I mean, I remember, you know, visit, going with him to meetings and hanging around and just because there were six of us, I suppose my mother used to say, well, if you're going out, would you take half of them with you? You know, that type of a thing. And, um, you know, I just, it was just in my DNA. And I was uh, then was young when I was a teenager, maybe giving out leaflets outside polling booths and canvassing and helping, helping with the elections. I was, I've always been, it's just, it's just what I know, it's what I absorb. So and you never was, thought of doing anything else? It was no, I, I did. Oh, I absolutely did think of doing lots of other things. I was, I mean, I wasn't committed. I wasn't like a committed, diehard um, member of the party until, until my adult life. Like when I, I went to, to college, I went to UCC and I just, you know, had a good time, as you do. Yeah. I studied engineering, civil engineering and environmental engineering then later. So uh, that was my passion, sciences and maths. And um, we, I graduated. I did work in that area for a while, and then I was, I was married with Connor, and we went to London for a while, as, you know, t- for work. Um, then when our first child was born, I came back. We came back to Cork, and um, started our, started our family here in Cork, and um, 
I just got involved then in, you know, community association, parent teachers association, resident association. I joined, the, rejoined the party as an adult and became active then. And it just took over again. It's something that's natural to you. I'm not, mm. not that I'm not daunted. You don't remember a light bulb moment where you said, this is it, I'm going to go down there. No, then. but um, my father w- was retiring from politics way back in 1997. He didn't, wasn't standing in that election. Um, he had been there since 69. So how, how, how much is that? Over 20 years more. He'd been in, in the Dáil and um, he was not standing anymore. And then we, I suppose it became, they looked around and they said, well, We'll take. Would you be yeah. interested? Yeah. And I, I went through a lot. Of, I mean, Hugh Coveney was very involved at that time in supporting me and um, what, kind and of trying to. And no, regret, no regrets. No regrets. Now, one no. thing at the time there wasn't. I mean, Deirdre Clune is my name, but my family name is Barry, or my, yeah. my maiden name is Barry. Um, and um, I had been married for six, seven years at that time, and I said no, I wasn't. I decided I wasn't changing my name because I felt it would. Was be... Was it suggested? Uh, yeah. Well, oh, that yeah. would be. Um, it would be. You know. Be advantageous to the, yeah. the Barry name but whether and, and lots of people would still say to me you know made a big mistake there well, I didn't I was true yeah. to myself yeah. because well I felt well it was the name and, and I mean, I'm not caught up in names but that was the name that was that my was name, your name and that was the name with my, I okay. shared that name with okay. my children Ma- so. Mar- Margaret Murphy-Omani what drew you to, to politics what's your story so Patricia I grew up in a very uh, politically active house my parents and my brothers uh, and I indeed would have been very very involved in uh, many campaigns for the Fianna Fáil party so I never remember not being at Fianna Fáil meetings or giving out stickers uh, that time you when I was small you could stand outside the polling yeah. boot yeah. Um, so I remember as a very very small child standing there and I just got such a buzz and I developed such a passion particularly for campaigns and for elections and uh, even as a very young child just experiencing that whole buzz of politics Uh, so in 2004 I ran for Bandon Town Council and uh, thank God was elected and I was actually I became the first uh, female mayor of Bandon Town that year so I I jumped in the deep end and I then got elected again in 09 to Bandon Town Council and then as you said earlier 14 for the county and 16 for the Doyle so it was always an ambition of mine to become a TD and I just was and the the, the local politics a great training ground absolutely Mm. a great training ground which brings me to Councillor June Murphy who I know also has ambitions uh, to go to the Dáil you're you're welcome uh, June for you what what, what drew you to to a a career in politics okay so I just move into the microphone there a little bit I am I I, I don't have the background the girls have there I would come at it from a, a kind of a different aspect so the, the, the reason that I got uh, involved in politics was because I suppose through, you know, stuff that happened in my life and um, uh, life experience. And, um, you know, when the 2014 local elections came around and I was asked to run, you know, I was a one parent family. We were being absolutely ripped to bits with, 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 with cuts and stuff. And I just felt really that uh, that I had to do something. Um, and that's why I agreed to run. Um, and it's it's led me to, to this today. So, you know, I just felt that in, in our own area that, you know, we had long-standing politicians, but there was no one really speaking up for the likes of myself um, and, and women either. You know, we hadn't really any strong female representation 
um, in the area. So there, there were the kind of reasons okay. that got me. And, and would you encourage younger women? And what would you say to encourage other women, not even younger women, other women yeah, to, get, well, to get involved? Exactly. It doesn't necessarily have to be younger women. Yeah. Um, I would love to see more women become interested in, you know, everyday issues, what's going on in the country, how it how it really affects them when you break it down. Because, you know, for the women that come to me, I can honestly say that 95 percent of the representations that I make on behalf of people are probably from women. So, um, you know, it would be great to see those mm. kind of women. Yeah, but I'm wondering, are women, do women feel involved. more comfortable going to a woman to share, a, share a problem? Like they, yeah, they, that's the they reason. Do. Yeah. They, they absolutely Deirdre, do. Deirdre, what, yeah. what, what would you say to encourage women to get involved? Um, I would say that it's, um, a, I would say, first of all, I'd encourage them to get involved locally. I think that's a great, um, great grounding and it gives you an, an understanding of your community. And I think lots of women really, you see them so active in their own communities, but they just don't take that one step further. So I would, you know, if you want to improve or have a say in how you, your local areas run, um, you should consider running for for election. I would say that, you know, you'll be it's it's important. It's a it's a huge privilege to be represented to elect people. It mm. always is. Um, and, uh, you know, you can you can do it. I'd get, I would say that like, you can do it as, as good as anybody else because confidence is something that a, a lot of women don't have. They feel that that's for, for somebody else. But I'd also say you can have a real say in your area or in those that represent you and you can have a say in, in, in your communities and for your, it's, it's good for your children and you know for the next ch- for yeah, generation if you want than, to improve the kind of yeah, society your children live in have that say just like June June could have sat at home and moaned mm-hmm. about what was going yeah. on uh, and, and you, know, you can have an opportunity um, to um, say and, and, and Margaret are you, are within Fianna Fáil are you actively trying to get more female participation? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I suppose we as a party developed the Markovich Commission in 2015 and we've also set up a women's network both Mm. to try and get uh, more females involved. And I think it's important that uh, young females especially can can see that you can do it all. You know, you, you can have a family, you can work in politics, you can work in another job and that it's important to remember as well that childcare and housework shouldn't fall on on a woman's shoulders. And I think maybe going forward, it's a public mindset needs to change as to, you know, just the due roles maybe within a house or getting support in if, you know, if you are busy in a political life. And one thing I found very interesting the day that I was elected in 2016, I was elected with two male colleagues and I was asked afterwards, what about your children? <gasps> Whereas mm-hmm. the lads weren't. And I think, you know, just the the mindset just needs yeah. needs to needs to change. Yeah, but Deirdre, how difficult is it to be a, a woman in, in politics today? And is it more <laughs> difficult than it is for a man? Um, are you talking now? Say at European the, level. Say at European level. level. Well, yeah. I mean, there's the t- time away from home. There is that certainly. Yeah. But I don't think it's any more difficult when you're in the job than it is for a man. I have never found that. Um, and I, I would always say, like you know, at home, what goes on behind the front door, let that, let 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 them sort that, let the let the household sort that out. But I don't think it is um, any different. I haven't found it. I have been fortunate, maybe because I came through the party, and now I think it's the, the actually the the atmosphere is so much more welcoming of meaning and supportive of women and looking for women to stand. That is the, the challenge for all of us as 
of public representatives to try and encourage women to stand because mm. um, we need more in politics. Like we have, like in the European Parliament, there is uh, there is about thirty percent women. Um, certainly from Ireland, we have a good track record of electing women. Of the eleven women that are there now, um, six of them are women. Uh, so we have we have seemed to support women a lot. We think mm. that well, and, and women naturally, it's it's a good way. It's a it's a what would you say? The word consensus, we use it a lot in the European Parliament. It's not adversarial that you would have in the Dáil or in the local authority, or in city council where it was, you know, where it's very, you know, I see sometimes it's, it can be playing to the gallery and it's adversarial. Yeah. Well, I, my I, time I suppose I, the downside to, to the European and, and you touched on it is you're away from home. That's it. But that's, that's the same the, for men yeah. too. Yeah, and absolutely. I would think, absolutely. I would think, you know, all this, you know, should women, women have the childcare burden or the homemaking? They don't really, they, they do, absolutely. But I think in modern families, I see it a lot of my shared. colleagues in the doll, and you probably see it but, too, Margaret. Yeah, but, but, but I think... men with think, families yeah. I think the same w- challenges. But I think we women, we do mammy guilts better than, oh, yeah. way mm. better than, do than the fathers guilt, do. Yeah. You yeah, know, we, we get, guilt. we feel but, the guilt more. Mm, you do. I, from my experience, anyway, when I was elected first to the doll, my eldest was 10 and I had four children at that stage. Um, it's just about making sure that the children are... Organise that there's no surprises that they know who's picking them up from school that yeah. they have their lunchbox there'll be something in their lunchbox because I think it's routine and children children adapt they do adapt yeah. but it is it is a challenge yeah. and it can be a challenge but but it is worth it bec- and I would always be I've always been a champion particularly as well now in the parliament that we're doing the work on work life balance and flexible work I think it's really important that we would support women and indeed men with children who have young families. Because it's a very short time. Like I mean, babies are infants for such a short time, and you know they, they go on to school so fast, and they grow. Yeah, so they, yeah. But if you can support the parents and and the mothers in that time, then you might encourage you more. Dividends long yeah. and you and encourage, you encourage more, more. And you're more sending out a message. You know, yeah. we want you in the workplace. We value what you're doing in terms of having a family. It is very important for the future of society. Yeah. We're going to support you in this cha- okay. challenging and, time. And June, as a single parent, I mean, council work takes up a lot mm. of time. How yeah. do you find that tricky? Yeah, there's no question about, uh, about it. Like it's it's tough going. You know, you're you're working seven days a week. Um, it's twenty four seven. You could be answering reps on t- up to eleven at night. It starts at eight o'clock in the morning. Um, I have a son who started college. He's grown since, he, you know, 2014. He's grown up around around this and um, he's great. Like he comes out in canvas. and. But he'd have been in secondary school. Yeah, he was yeah. and he was doing his leaving cert yeah. and, and so on. But it it is it is hugely difficult because, you know, councillors don't have the kind of Money that TDs and 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 MEPs no no disrespect, <laughs> yeah. but we don't get yeah, the yeah. same yeah, um, level of of um, you know support really you know so you're you're doing it on on very limited pay um, you have no supports you have no secretaries so you are everything so your mummy daddy your uh, your your secretary you are you know your your own PA your own whatever so whatever has to happen to make it happen mm, <laughs> you yeah. are it and it starts with you you know That's and it is difficult but I think as well that if there are women listening to this program this morning um, and they just want a little bit of a taste of it the the opportunity to do that is now because we're all going to be out canvassing you know, so it would be great to have more women mm. ring up and say, look, you know, I, I don't know if 
you know what's involved or whatever but I'm interested can I come out and help yeah. you can that's a great idea that's a great idea go out yeah and a canvas is a great a great way to do it Margaret you have two children that's right they're 18 and 16 now so obviously they're they're big enough and you know the work of, of that you have with a young child isn't there and I, I am very blessed to have a very good support at home and I I certainly couldn't do it with, without my own husband uh, Paddy and he keeps the home fires burning and things normal at home except I'm a Life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if AI could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Way two nights, but I, I think that the lads' lives are, um, they're not being impacted by mm. me being a TD. And that would have been of a huge importance to me when I made a decision to to run. You know, obviously they have to come first mm. and... Um, so far, so good. It's all, it is all working Any out. Any of your children showing an interest in politics? John is. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah, Philip, not yet, but uh, I think uh, a small bit maybe. But yeah, John came to the Ordish with me now a few weeks ago. And, uh, you know, I suppose they grew up uh, with me, even though t- the Bandon Town Council obviously didn't take up as much time as, as Doyle Aaron. But uh, again, they probably would have known nothing different but me being at meetings and... Um, you know, mm. but I think it's important that they saw that too, that, you know, that I'm in this to try and make a change for, for their future and, you know, their children. And yeah, June, so your son showing any interest? No, <laughs> not a hope, no, no way, no way in the world. Yeah. yeah, he's like, I've had enough of it, I'm not doing it. No. I, I love his honesty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and his mother's son. You go yeah. And dear, dear, surely, surely no. there's somebody, is there? There is, there isn't really. I uh, no. have four sons. Uh, probably one, the second guy, Peter, was very interested. But in in, in terms of, you know, is is a, is a an a, a interested in politics and follows it and will follow my career. But I don't know. I, like I know, I'm saying I'm talking here now. It's the life I live, and I I I love it. I love what I'm doing. 
But I think it is very difficult on the spouses or the partner. Now, I know, Joan, yeah. June, you, you outlined your situation, but it is a, a huge and it can be, you know, you're away from home a lot. It's it's not, I suppose for most people, it's not, it's not normal. And I, from that point of view, I, I think I would dis- discourage it because of mm-hmm. the you know, if you're committed to somebody now, if you one, two of mine are married, and I just see lovely girls, great girls, and they have their careers, and it's it's a huge imposition on on, a, on, a, on another partner. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. I, I think from that point of view, um, but there's none of them rushing out at the moment, no. anyway. And, and we have, and you know, the more women we have in politics, and the more we talk about it, and the, uh, I think the more women we have, certainly, and younger men now, they they that I see that have families, they 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 go they're conscious of their children and their childcare and spending time with them so maybe it'll change but when mm. I started out it was like and it's probably still, it's 24-7 and do, do, you come from Dublin on a Thursday night you do Margaret I'm sure yes. and you're gone for the night and yeah. Friday it's Saturday and, yeah. uh, so it's, it's just too it is it's too demanding in family life and I'm not complaining but for to get younger people in you can um, understand I can understand mm. yeah. that they would say okay no. I'm going to take a quick break and we are back uh, after these We've given away five grand. With C103 Cash Tracks. Yahoo! You are yeah. caller 50. That's fantastic, thank you. Any plans? But I have two lads here in the office, so I might look after them. Oh, uh, how generous are you, Amy? Very generous. Congratulations to you. You've just oh. won for yourself 500 euro. Oh, fantastic. Am I caller 50? You are! Very good. I can't believe it. What's the name of the radio station that gives away the best cash prices? C103. With Cavanaugh's, the new name for Ford in Mallow. For new and used car sales, visit Cavanaugh's.com. C103. Cash tracks. Stay listening for our next big giveaway. On the home of Cork's greatest hits. C103. I'm joined in studio celebrating International Women's Day by Deirdre Clune, MEP, uh, Fianna Fáil, Dáil Deputy, Margaret Murphy-Omani and Social Democrat Councillor June uh, Murphy. Um, and we are back. Uh, 1850 by the way, John Paul, uh, taking your calls. OK, I want to move away slightly from the whole how the, how the ladies got into politics and just talk about different role models. Margaret, I'll start with you. What female in your life, when you look back, do you think was your greatest role model and, and why? Patricia, without a doubt, it was my late mother, Teresa. She always um, instilled in me to see the good in everyone and to wish everyone success and so as to, to play the ball, not the person. And mm. I have carried that in my personal life and in my political life. And she was just such a positive person. And as I said, always, always wished someone well. Like if someone on our road um, graduated from college, she would have been the first up to their mother say it's well done and you know she was always just very positive very caring and very encouraging so without a doubt do you have her qualities modeled. I I have some of them some of them I have to work on okay <laughs> June June who, who when you look back on your life who would you say has been your greatest role model yeah well I mean uh, like like um, yourself there it, it would definitely have to be my mother again because she was such a a huge part of my life, very strong woman, had six of us, you know, um, and she was one strong woman. She 
never left anyone walk all over her, never allowed anyone to make her feel that they were um, above her. Um, you know, and she she used to instill that um, with three of us. I have two other sisters, I have three brothers. And, um, you know, she was a right little tiger, actually. She'd, no one would do her wrong because- Was she, she a feminist? Do you know what? She actually was and she didn't realise it. Um, you know, she was uh, left school early to help her mother at home. She self-taught herself a lot, actually. She read an awful lot. Um, just, but she was so, so strong as a woman, you know. Yeah. I mm. can remember her putting priests in their place. and In, <laughs> in a time in when, you, when you didn't. When you didn't mm. speak mm. back yeah. to them. Yeah, like, and particularly a woman didn't. Oh, absolutely, you know. So, um, yeah. So she, a, strong, a strong role model. She was mother of six children and by God, she, she showed us very strong leadership skills okay. when we were growing mm. up. Yeah. Deirdre, for you? I'm, it's going to be the exact same for me, Patricia. Yeah. It was my mother. Isn't it you funny? Know, we're all the same when it comes to yeah, the but, you know, I, yeah. I do. Well, for lots of the reasons, just think she's she's dead. Um, so she's dead for six six years, twenty thirteen. Yeah, yeah, six years now. Um, and um, but you know, just thinking about growing up, and she she was the she had six children. She had a husband who was a politician who was never ever there. She was the politician's wife. She was wife. the politician's wife. Yeah. Superb. And just I just think as well as that, and I mean she was always so positive and um would I say that she was a great leader? She probably she was because she she did her own she was able well, she did in terms of with six children. Um but lots of things that I've absorbed from her, like her love of gardening and uh, you know, she's always I'm just thinking, how did you do it every day, a meal for six, eight people uh, from scratch. And I've learned all that, kind, you know, all those things like the homemaking skills yeah. that I absorbed. She didn't teach me, but you know, that's what I carry on now as best I can in my own house. But my mother, she was a fantastic. Because she worked in the home. She worked in the home. Yeah. Um, she, yeah, she was yeah. the homemaker. What? She, yeah. There was six children and keep, you know, there was no um, full meals every day from scratch. The whole thing. It was amazing the work that she did. And it can't have been easy on her own all the time. But she was also a great politician and a member of the party. And she'd canvas well. And she'd uh, always, um, she'd always be um, on the on the lookout for, you know, for, for my, to, my, to promote my father or to, to keep an eye on what was happening in the constituency. So she was. A, a, a absolutely a great role model and you, you it's only when you look back now you've absorbed so much from that, that do you, you find as you're getting older that you, you're becoming her are, are there times where you say something and it's God I could hear my mother I saying could, that yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do turn into that yeah. and I, I look back now and I think of how, what a supporter she, she was to me and my mother now as well with young children like she didn't mind them as full, but she was always there tea time difficult times and came with little treats for them or a a cake from Thompson's, those kind of things. Yeah, she was. Um, she was. She, she just kept on. And with her, she twenty-one grandchildren. All we knew them all and had their birthdays and you know contacted everybody. Really was a real family person. Yeah, and I think that's um, it's a great. And I hope I pass that on to my children as well. But I think it's a great um, grounding to have, and it's it's what we're all about in the end, isn't absolutely, it? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, it, it, it'll be there. Family will always favorite, be there. Favorite favorite actresses. Uh, authors or singers Margaret what do you want to share with us so it's Julia Roberts I kind of um, obviously I never met her but uh, she just comes across as kind of cool and her own woman and strong Could she play and you in a movie of your life would you like her uh, as your yeah, yeah absolutely there you go. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening Julia <laughs> And anyway, was there one movie stood out as to why Julia no, Roberts? I, I just kind of enjoy just, them all really yeah, you yeah, like her yeah. June an actress for you Um. 
I, I, I'm writing down there, Sir Sharon, you know. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I think she is, I think we haven't seen the best of her yet. No. She is absolutely incredible and, and the older she gets and the more work yeah. she does, We're lucky to have the her. more she's evolving and you can actually see that um, evolution happen on screen. Yeah. And mm. she's, she's... We've seen her grow up, haven't we? Oh, yeah. she's yeah. incredible. Mm. Like, um, mm. And it's not easy being a young actress uh, in, in Ireland. You know, they're not, they're not supported, right? But away from that anyway, purely on... I'm watching someone's craft on screen. It would have to be her. Yeah. yeah. And I think whenever you see her being interviewed, you're on a chat show setting, particularly yes. over in England or in America, she sells Ireland so well. So well. <laughs> she, really does. She, she really does. She really does. She's a so great ambassador. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she's great. Uh, do you have an actress for you? It has to be Meryl Streep. She's oh. always been a fan. Um, or she could play you in your life story, yeah. couldn't she? Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. When you put it there to Margaret, yeah, yeah, yeah she could do me. Yeah, um, <laughs> and like she's here, Sharon, and could do Jim yeah. with the hair, yeah, with the hair and everything. Yeah, yeah. you've all, you've all, actresses that could play. No, I've you. always been a fan. I mean, what I, I knew, yeah. I don't, whatever she plays, you know, and as she's got older, she's got so oh, much, yeah, and then her campaigning, you know, the way she's campaigning. Yeah. And she's for, brilliant for women, supporting women. Dignified and everything. Yeah, and she's just brilliant. I mean, I suppose the first one was was it. Kramer versus Kramer. Kramer, yeah. yeah. God, yeah. That she came to light her post-cut on the edge. You know, all of the um, the big movies that she was in. Um, yeah, she's one, she's one of the ones you say, did she ever make a bad movie? Yeah. No, well, she didn't. Yeah, as long as you see, if you see Meryl Streep is in it, well, that's yeah. good enough for me. Watching, yeah, yeah, yeah watching. She's, she's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Author, Margaret. Uh, do you read? Do you like to read? I used to love reading books, but I just haven't time anymore. Yeah. You know, mm. so... I suppose I like kind of chick lit, you know, um, light reading. Yeah. You know, just so to switch off with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of gone into reading just magazines now when I go to bed just to, yeah. you just know, to chill unwind. out for a few minutes. Yeah. So yeah. I suppose no one really comes. comes June, do you, do you get time? To, I, don't, don't, well, I wouldn't say you get time to read, do you? It is <laughs> more podcasts now, actually. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you can listen to them in the car. You can listen to them on your way to work, you know. So that kind of is is nice to do. But I suppose if I'm ever having a, a day where you need a kind of an inspirational or positive um, writer to look at, you know, uh, Maya Angelou is is just beautiful. Yeah. Um, just she's singer, songwriter, poet. Mm. Um, right. You know, she's just her words are inspirational um, and she has a beautiful way of looking at the world. Uh, she was a, a great community activist right up until her death, actually. But um, yeah, she's she's something she inspires special. you. She very Which is much good. does. Yeah. Deirdre, do you, you travel a lot, so yeah. I would assume with travelling, whenever I travel, I love to read. Do you get do you um, get a chance? I've to just uh, reading. I've got out of the habit of reading a lot. You know, at the moment I have um, Bob yes. Woodward's book Trump on the Go. Yeah, uh, even though and that's good. And then I have the. Oh, the Milkman and her name is gone for me. She won the Booker Prize on the go as well. I just find it's a habit to read. Like yesterday was World Book Day and I was listening to the radio and, and lots of people were saying that they'd got out of the habit of it. Yeah. And I was a great reader when I was a child or a teenager and well, yeah. the Enid Blyton books. I mean, thank you, Enid Blyton. I just devour them. She gave me a great habit of it. And then as a te- teenager as well, I was thinking one of the female one was Ed, Ed, Ed O'Brien. Yeah. Remember yes. the country yeah. girls, all yes. those. Yeah. Like they give me yeah. so, um, yeah. But I don't I think may, I have a particular. Maeve Binchy. Maeve Binchy, yeah. I miss Maeve Binchy yeah. so much. Binchy, yeah. I used to so love interviewing her. I loved her books. Of it, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. Her books, yeah. But yeah. Um, I mean, I, it's something 
I'm going back to reading and I'm going to yeah. and promise again, myself it's, it's, it's a read. It's, it's a habit. It's that thing and it's to make time. It's to yeah. make time. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and I have right. the Michelle Obama one and I still oh, haven't yeah, read Michelle it Obama. and I'm desperate to read yeah. it and I keep looking, so I get there, I'll get to it. But it's in the list of, it's in the stack of to get to books, but I but 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 I will get I will uh, get to it. Okay, um, what advice would you give to the eighteen-year-old you, June? I'll start with you. If you were looking at the eighteen-year-old you, standing in front of you, God, what would you enough. say? You're good enough. You're good enough. Yeah. You know, I question. Oh my God, I was so lost at that age. I hadn't a clue. You know, and um, but uh, yeah, if I was to ever say anything, I wish I had what I have now at that age and say it's okay you know what you're good enough well done well done Margaret yeah I suppose just to uh, be more positive and 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 go for it now saying that I wouldn't change anything of my life I I suppose things happen for a reason but uh, yeah just you go girl go for it yeah, is what I'd say. Mm. To and Deirdre, um, I'd say like June. Well, the, the confidence thing is important, and say you are good enough. And you know, you this, you have to be perfect. Nobody has to be. You don't have to be perfect. You have to be able and willing and have a passion to do it. And and I also say things like you know when you're looking back now when I'm eighteen, like today's what seems like today's drama would be tomorrow will be just history. Yeah. And you know, time is a great. You know, small things really don't matter. Time you move on and people forget or you'll forget and so don't don't dwell on today's negatives because uh, and don't carry them with you because negativity that's is good. That's good that's good is, advice is not and, good. and the other one I got you to all to think about if you could invite three females living or dead to in oh. to join you for dinner today to celebrate International Women's Day who would the three people be Margaret living or dead so I have two and one so um my mam, who passed away a few years ago, uh, Countess Markovich, who um, obviously um, insp- I find very inspiring, and uh, a girl who's very much alive is Catherine Thomas. I never met her, but yeah. I just, you know, she was brilliant there on the Operation Transformation, and she just, was. just she's kind and strong, and so I, I would like to have, you know, have her at, that's at, an, at the dinner that's table. That's an interesting mix. Uh, June, who would you have? I have a list here. Oh, I know. There's, only, that list there's only you and, and three. I know. And I was there going, oh, I have to get rid of this one. No, no. I, yeah, it was very difficult. Um, so I suppose I would put down uh, Emile um, Pankhurst. This should be uh, one of the first kind of known. Yeah. Suffragettes. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, J.K. Rowling, I think she oh, would be a good one to have at a dinner. Harry Potter? Yeah. You a Harry uh, Potter fan? Well, no, I, I, I actually... Just I her love, story. She's revived the interest in children. She, she has. And, she, and she's an incredible backstory mm. herself. She, yes, she yeah. has, you know, and she's a real socialist in many ways as well. I okay. like that about her. And, um, yeah, it was very, very difficult, this one. Go Jesus. on. <laughs> Me. Um, yeah, so it was, uh, I suppose, a, a cut them between um, the new young politician in the States, uh, Alexandria Cortez. Oh, yeah. I really like her. Um, and? Yeah. Who's the other one? There was another list. Um, <laughs> so who is the third? Is it Alexander? She's known as Bell Hook. Um, okay. It's her original name um, is in, jeez, I can't even think of it now, Gloria. Watkins is it? Yeah, but she's she's again um, an activist. Okay. Um, you know she's done an awful lot of writings and and activism in the states. Um, has been in, involved in a lot of 
fairly important projects for particularly women of colour um, and, and women that are kind of uh, on low incomes or in poverty and stuff. So she would be an interesting Thank one you. now. All, all I can fiery. say, listen, listening to those, you wouldn't get a word in. You, you'd be no, fighting. No, no, yes. okay. Okay. And she could start. Start. conversation. Yeah, she'd be making the videos. Okay, and finally, <laughs> Deirdre, okay. for you, who are you, um, the oh, three you'd well, bring? Maybe if I had another chance to... But Angela Merkel, I think she's amazing in terms of what she has done and um, bridging the gap between East and West Germany. And she has... A she nice tough sense. cookie tough yeah but she has she is she has to be but she has done enormous work and she, she's fi- finishing now this will be her last term yeah but she was so so significant in terms of European politics and affects us as well and she's yeah. been a great support great support to Ireland and an understanding and I think she's been a very important person at a very important time okay so Angela and Merkel be kind to her I'd bring Myrna Streep absolutely because, Myrna, um, because okay. not because of her acti- but because of her activism yeah. and what yeah. she's doing and to have that kind of discussion and then I was thinking let's come back home and who would I have and you know who I'd love to have uh, Tracy Kennedy Tracy Kennedy the from the GA, GA. Oh, because you know she's and she's, and she's, she's done it herself today. she's yeah. not um, she is she's, a, she's, she's not, fantastic she's not because she's a woman that she's there she's because yeah. herself but she and she portrays she's a great role role and particularly the GA is so important on that on that positive note that's where we wrap it up thank you to each of you for joining us in a studio Deirdre Clune MEP for the South Margaret Murphy Manny Fianna Fáil Dáil Deputy and Social Democrat Council June Murphy once again happy International Women's Day ladies and thank you for joining us thanks Thanks for having us celebrating International Women's Day 2019 with Kildare Village C103 you're listening to Cork Today on replay phone and text lines are currently closed we have our final pair of tickets for this week to give away to Daryl Hall and John Oates playing live at the Marquee on Monday the 8th of July. We have the first line of a well-known Hall and Oates song and you have to tell us the name of the song and be caller number five. The opening line is My friends wonder why I call you all of the time. My friends wonder why I call you all of the time. What well-known Hall & Oates song is that the opening line to? Call a five to get through to John Paul now. 1850-333-103 will win a pair of tickets to Hall & Oates on Live at the Marquee on Monday the 8th of July. By the way, tickets are now on sale at Ticketmaster.ie. But our final pair of tickets to give away uh, today. My friends wonder why I call you all of the time. Uh, if you know what song that is from, what Hall & Oates track that is from, get dialing 1850-333-103. Let me take a look at some of your calls and comments that have come into the programme today. Mary and Mel, and can I say actually a lot of people were really taken by Gronia Lynch's interview that we ran in the first hour. We were doing a catch up with Gronia. We had spoken to her last month live from CUH. She at that stage, her son Liam had been a patient at CUH for for a month, short one day, he was going to have been there a month due to these pressure sores that came on rather quickly, I have to say. But it was to do with the restriction in his power wheelchair that he was using, even though they had applied well over a year, nearly two years before that for a new wheelchair. And the HC was saying, sorry, we don't have the money, we don't have the money, we don't have the money. And it just was left to go on for so long that poor Liam ended up in such a state that he had to go into hospital to have skin grafts done. We spoke, we did a catch up with um, Gronia 
as I say, he was in hospital for a month and she had the good news that it's all okay. They've sanctioned it. They've given me the money. We're going to get the chair. And then we just decided this week that we'd we'd see how she was getting on and was everything all right? Because when we left her, he was due to have the operation the following week. And we said, oh, you know, wouldn't it be great to hook up um, today to be hearing the news that maybe he's going to be coming home soon because it was, it was hoped that he would be home uh, early to mid-March. Uh, and then to hear the devastating news that while, yes, they've sanctioned the chair, but until the wound is healed, they can't make the mould. He needs a special moulded seat to, to, he fits into it uh, perfectly. So it's delays upon delays upon delays. And that's all because they didn't give Liam the chair when Liam first needed it. He should not be in the hospital. He should not be in an acute bed up at CUH where he's been heading up now for two months and it's going. It's looking like it'll be well into April. So he'll have been there from mid-January until sometime in April. They're hoping he'll be home for Easter. It's just shocking the amount of money when you add up how much an acute bed costs versus giving the €4,000 that the child needed for, for the chair. It, it's just shocking. And so many people touched by uh, Gronia and people commenting on her positivity. I don't know how the woman is staying positive because she's up in the hospital the whole time uh, with them sleeping on a little blow-up. She's got an air mattress on the floor. I mean, how she's even getting a good night's sleep. The, she's she's incredible. And trying to keep young Liam's spirits up as well. But I mean, it looks like, how is he going to sit? He's leaving cert, uh, his junior cert uh, in June. Surely his he's results are certainly going to be affected by it and that's just not fair. It really just, it is not fair. Um, Mary and Mallow, one of the points Mary was making was could they not use the, could they not use the money for that young lad's wheelchair instead of spending it on forcing restaurants uh, to introduce uh, calorie? You would wonder sometime, wouldn't you, what is going on? Uh, in this country yeah it's just so think of poor Margaret and uh, Liam this weekend I mean, she said the, f- the family divided because she's up at the hospital trying to look after Liam and then trying to keep Liam's spirits up as well it's, it really is uh, shocking and yes somebody else said we'll be keeping contact with Gronia absolutely we'll touch base again with her in the uh, coming weeks you can stop calling us for our Hall of Notes uh, tickets because uh, Noreen Corcoran in uh, Cookstown uh, was the uh, lucky caller with the correct uh, answer. Uh, Kiss on my list was the song title that we were looking for. And Noreen Corcoran of Crookstown is delighted to win the tickets because she said her husband is a huge fan of all the notes. Oh, you're going to be in the good books tonight, Noreen, that's for sure. Congratulations and enjoy the gig. I hope you uh, enjoyed as well because all the notes live uh, they really are terrific uh, to, to see live. Uh, 1850-333-103. Some more of your comments coming in on the bins. Oh yeah, thank you to Martin in Formoy has answered a question for us that we were trying to get an answer to. One of our listeners earlier was in a Joan in Mill Street was wondering for a person living on their own is it possible to get a smaller food waste bin that the larger bin is just a bit too big for somebody living on uh, their own. Martin in Formoy was on to say yes, you can get a smaller food waste bin and now Martin is with the Mr Bin Man Bin Company and they gave Martin what he describes as a bucket sized bin and he said that was about two years ago and, and, and I assume from the text Martin lives on his own and that that's, that size is uh, fine whereas I have a large you know, I have a full size wheelie bin now I have to say even for a family with three of us in the house Glad to say we don't have that much food waste I don't get I don't put it out every two weeks I don't need to put it out every two weeks Summer months then when you're cutting the grass and you'll have grass cuttings and 
cuttings from the garden, it would fill up a bit. But certainly during the year, most families wouldn't come anywhere near filling one of those. You'd be well if you are, you'd really need to question how much food you're buying if you're filling a wheelie bin. I think for everyone, they they probably think the bins are a little bit on the large side. But there, I don't know who the Joan and Mill Street. I don't know who the, what bin company she's with, but perhaps she could suggest to them that she gets a smaller bin but there is an option there according to Martin Infomoy. Thank you for that Martin. And Mary Mallis says, Hi Patricia, could you please explain again about this brown bin do we have to have it? And could you explain it all to us uh, again? It is to do with an EU household food waste and bio waste regulation that came in because we, we started talking about this last year if not the year before I remember this e- EU regulation that was coming in and I remember se- hearing about it and I remember us talking about the fact that every household would have to have one of these compost uh, bins. And I remember taking part in a trial on behalf of a bin company a good number of years ago where they were seeing how would these compost bins uh, work. And then that kind of went away for a while and then suddenly the the bins started being delivered. I mean, I've my compost bin now for certainly well over a year, I would say. Didn't request one. It was. I'm with Country Clean and they I can't remember if they rang up and told us we were getting one if one just turned up at the door I can't remember I think a leaflet came through the door or, or something from them but anyway I've certainly had mine for well over a, a year The every single bin company has to buy this law must give a brown bin or at least offer a brown bin to all household customers who are living in towns with a population of over 500 people And under the EU household food waste and biowaste regulations, households are no longer permitted to place food waste into your normal waste bin, the bin that would go for landfill, which is what most people have been doing and continue to do if you don't have one of these brown food bins. The local authority are involved in this because they've introduced bylaws which came in in February, last month, February of of 2019, where householders can be subject to on-the-spot fines of €75 and the local authorities are are carrying out, we've spoken about those, the household waste patrols where they will go around to households to make sure that households are correctly disposing of their waste. They could look in your bin, we're told, under these bylaws and check and if you are putting food waste into the wrong bin, you can receive an on-the-spot fine, basically. So by law, you must have one of these bins. Now, if you compost yourself, and we do know some people are terrific at composting, you may not need one of them. And Country Clean said, if that's the case, that's fine. But by law, they must offer you one of these brown bins. And if you're in a situation where you say you don't have any food waste, where you're composting everything that's left over yourself at home, you can contact your bin company in this particular case country clean but you must confirm to them in writing that you do not one of these not want a brown bin collection service and then they come and collect uh, the bin uh, for you now there does seem to be some confusion because people are saying that with other bin companies I don't know whether country clean are ahead of the posse on this one because they tell us when they contacted us yesterday that they're rolling out the brown bins to every customer that's in a town with a population over 500 people and they expect to have all of the bins delivered to all of their customers within the next few months. I don't know how the other bin companies are operating but that's the explanation behind it and that's the reason behind it. If you want to Google it and find out more, it's the EU Household Food Waste and Bio Waste 
regulation. 1850-333-103. And Terry has asked me to mention, please, for the day that's in it, International Women's Day, that an event is going to be held in Donnerail to celebrate International Women's Day and they're also going to use it to launch the Donnerail Art Festival. Now, the Donnerail Art Festival will be happening in the summer, the 5th to the 7th of July, but they're having a, an event and a launch tonight in the Church of Ireland in Donnerail between 6.30 and 8. And for the day that's in it, they'll be exhibiting women's art and musicians. And everyone is very, very welcome uh, to go along there. 1850-333-103. Some of your WhatsApps uh, coming in. Audrey says, please, Patricia, will you tell dog owners to pick up their dog poo? I'm just after seeing an elder, I'm just after seeing an elderly lady and I often have to clean outside her house. I'm just after seeing an old lady that must be fall um, and I often have to clean up outside her house because of the amount of dog poo and she's obviously slipped on. Oh, goodness me, please, would you just be aware of the mess and what you are of of accidents like that. I mean, an elderly person slipping on dog poo could break a hip, break a wrist, break a bone. You know, really just, could everyone just stop and think? And thank you to people that are taking time out to wish us uh, here at the programme a happy International Women's Day. Uh, some really, really kind, very kind messages coming in and we really, really do appreciate them. So thank you. Thank you very much uh, for that. Somebody says, we have no brown bin and we are with Country Clean. I don't know where you are at the moment, but you could be in an area that they just haven't rolled it out yet. They're in the process of uh, rolling it out. And Ed Indermanway says, morning, Patricia. I'm with KWD Waste Collection Service and I've had a small food waste bin. I've actually had it for a few years now. So there's another company that does the small smaller bins. I'm assuming probably all of them do the smaller bins as well if you ask, if you actually ask them uh, for one. Hi Patricia, I'm living in Ballincollig. I'm not in an estate but I'm still only a three minute drive from the village and unfortunately Country Clean will not provide me with the compost bin. Um, I am one of, I had one with my previous collector but not with Country Clean. It is very frustrating and obviously they're using the rule that you don't live in a town with a population of over 500 people even though you're only three minutes from the village. That is rather frustrating indeed. Okay, 1850 333103. John Paul continues to take your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. Now, donated items for the annual cancer fundraiser in Bantry can be handed into the former Super Value store, New Street in Bandon, today, tomorrow, Saturday, and again on Sunday, uh, every day between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. All types of unwanted gifts, jewellery, bric a brac toys, musical instruments, CDs etc. All gratefully appreciated for the annual fundraiser which will take place then on Tuesday the 12th to Sunday the 31st of March. The Cork County Talent Competition hosted by Muscry Mokra is taking place tonight. Dunhamore Community Centre starts at 8 admission €5. Euro. Table quiz in Nemo Rangers on tonight is half past seven. It's in aid of CBC Serve Zambia Immersion Project. Tables of four, 40 euro. Tickets are now available for Bally Hay Goes Dancing, which takes place in the Charleville Park Hotel 
uh, Saturday the 16th, so that's tomorrow week. Tickets are on sale from Ballyhay National School, Cost Cutter Shop, Corbacourt Restaurant and the Charleville Park Hotel. Donwell Arts Festival, it's launching tonight at the Church of Ireland in Donwell between House 6 and 8. And to celebrate their 30th anniversary, Carrig Navarre Drama Society are presenting Sorry, Wrong Number. It's in the Community Hall in Carrig Navarre tonight and tomorrow night, 8 o'clock nightly. And Cork City Area Committee of Alcoholics Anonymous holding its annual convention at the Blarney Woolen Mills Hotel in Blarney from Friday this evening to Sunday the 10th of March the convention opens with an open meeting tonight at half past eight and there'll also be an open public meeting on Sunday at 1pm Celebrating International Women's Day 2019 with Kildare Village C103. Now I want to go to the comment line because we've had some calls in from the Thomas Davis Terrace area of Mallow this morning and it is a problem with a phone wire that has been cut. Uh, Dennis uh, joins me. Good morning or good afternoon as it is now. Good afternoon Dennis. Afternoon Patricia. And now you've had a problem with the, your phones have been disconnected and it's to do with the, yes. the, the wires. Has it Correct. What happened? Right, um, it's an ongoing issue, Patricia, it's not today or yesterday, it's happening for years now. Our phone line is crossing the main road, and it's going across to our neighbour's garden, across the road. And if a big truck passes the bow, it, it catches the wire. Now, last night, uh, four houses were disconnected, my next door neighbour wasn't, and two houses above her were. But, um, like I say, it's an ongoing issue. But last night I rang air and I was 55 minutes waiting to talk to a person because I don't like talking to machines. Yeah. And you know what I yourself like. But you, do, you, had no cho- you had no choice but to stay on the I line. I had no choice yeah. whatsoever. I, okay. I left the phone, I left the mobile line, loudspeaker, and I walked away around it for an hour and waited until someone replied. Now the thing about that, if you don't reply straight away, they almost cut off on you. So you're afraid in I, case you'd miss it by a second. I know. And you're back to scratch again, like, but that's beside the point. But yeah, I got through and the girl was nice, okay, in fairness to her. She'd done her tests on her side. I had to disconnect the phone wires in the house on my side just to make sure that there was no fault other than what I said there was. Um, she said a technician would come out today. So I just explained to her how it's happening all the time. And she said there was nothing whatsoever she could do about that. All she could do was log the call that I made. And I said, would the engineers not be aware of happening all the time? And she said, again, she couldn't answer that, which I think is ridiculous. But that's the side of it. And, and how often does it happen? Like I say, it depends on if there's a truck passing and it's bigger than your... Now, we have several trucks passing here for the simple reason we have done stores and heatings down near us, you know? Yeah. So they get deliveries and they seem to come from the Mitchellstown side and they will pass our place. They all pass it fine. It just depends on the truck and the height of the truck. And it's not the truck driver's fault. It's not really not. He no. doesn't. He doesn't know he done it. Yeah. He's get, gone home after that. Been like he probably he mightn't even be aware that he's pulled the wire. Yeah, they, yeah. They never know. They, they, they couldn't push it. It was a darker night. It was seven o'clock in the evening. Like, and um, funny enough, two of our neighbours were walking up the road, and they saw the truck passing them, and they both said to one another, "I bet you the truck is too high." <laughs> And they hadn't reached our door, and they hadn't come or come up home. Like, and I was out because someone called to me, and they said they saw the truck passing, and they were right. They knew by the height of the truck that the wires would be done when they came up home. And there they were, down on the ground. They're, yeah, four houses disconnected. But if it's if it's happening 
Would yeah. it be would it be a couple of times a year? Like I said, Patricia, it depends on the height of the truck, that's all. It, it could, so happen, they, again. So it could it, happen again tonight, which is fixed. And then, air, the and, uh, and then air have to keep sending out uh, an engineer yes. to fix it? No, and the point about that now is I wanted to report all four last night to the person on the phone and due to that protection, etc., I wasn't allowed because I know some of my neighbours are elderly and they wouldn't understand the weight and they wouldn't understand the computer side of it, as they say, like, and I just wanted to help them and I wasn't allowed. And one of them got onto person in this morning and no, I met a nice girl last night, she was polite and she done her job. But my neighbour this morning, the person he met, a female, was not as nice and more or less told him in no uncertain terms that he's where his phone line was not disconnected. And he said, I can go to my garden now, he said, and put it up here in my hand and I could go across the road to my neighbours and the two wires are in separate areas and now she wouldn't listen to it. She could she done some tests they can do on their side, and as far as she was concerned, the phone was connected. He had a landline, and he may incur a hundred euro call out because his landline, according to her, was connected. And this went on now for ages, and the phone was. And you and you you're 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 sure it's not because you were saying one house is. Patricia, the, the houses I, I, can, that, I can walk out the door. One now, one two four guard. five and six are gone. So three is okay, uh, one, is it? Two, three is okay. She's next door to me. She's fine. Don't know how it happened. Four is gone. Five, five. I'm not sure it's gone, but six went the other day again oh for my. some reason. But but, um, but I can't. I can't I, take me back. I can't understand. Surely once the fault is logged, the engineer comes here, out yeah, and fixes the wire, and everybody's no, home gets reconnected. No, is that not the way no. it works? Each person has to ring individually, log it, and do their own thing. Oh, for God's sake. No, how the, how's that for? <laughs> That's the way the world has gone, Patricia. I mean, Irish water is the same. And you, and you in, were, anyway, have they come? Have they come out and fixed no, it? No, no, no. They tell you the usual standard. It's three working days. It's five in the weekend, Patricia. So maybe Tuesday at the earliest, or else they could come out today. But they're not obliged to come out. Depends on how busy they are, where they're going. They've done their bit now. They've logged the call. I got a text back saying the call has gone in, and an engineer is. The engineer now is next to come to us, like, and... But well, it'll be next log. week, realistically. No, it may, it may be to see, oh, well, realistically, yes. To me, yeah, it will be. I can't see them coming out to that. You have a mobile phone, do. so you're OK. But you're, you, I'm very I, OK. You're talking about elderly neighbours. Do they have mobiles? Yeah. Well, you see, without going to detail now, the person that, that their phone line as well was knocked down, they have, a member, they have a member of the family in hospital and they're afraid of their life that the hospital will be ringing the landline and they won't get in contact with them. You know, I presume the person has given the mobile number as well, but they're just afraid, Patricia. I know, They want I their know. landline back. And it was the way they were spoken to on the phone this morning, which I didn't hear, but I would believe the gentleman that told me the story. He was very upset by the way the person spoke to him, telling him that he'd incur a hundred euro call. Yeah, and, that's, and, and that he, would and frighten could, the life out of, an, out of an older person. All right. Okay, well, we'll, 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 um, we'll put uh, an email through to and make contact with AIR and see if we can... Quicken it up in any way. Sometimes uh, it yeah. works. Okay, um, and and let us know. 
Where were the Wi-Fi well, so the children aren't too impressed with them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> tell them, spend the weekend talking to each other. Listen, we'll keep in, con- keep in contact with us and let, let us know how you get yeah, on, all right? Okay, yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Uh, 1850-333-103. Uh, John Paul taking your calls, text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Going to take a break and we're back talking movies with Mark Malone. Hi, Martina here. Join me every weekday from 4 to 7 for Drive Time, where I'll keep you up to date on all the latest traffic information. We'll spread some positivity with our feel-good story and song of the day. And of course, we'll be serving up a generous portion of Cork's greatest hits. C103. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Mark Malone, our movie reviewer, joins us in studio. Good afternoon to you, Mark. Hi there. Hi, you're very welcome. Okay, you went on to the movies to see The Cured. No, no. The the movie right. is uh, sorry, the whole the in the ground. Is yeah. the hole in the ground. Sorry, the DVD is uh, the cure. Okay, here is a trailer from Hole in the Ground. There was an old woman who lived in the woods. You know, when I was your age, I moved town once too. Three, two, one. Chris, wait. Mom? Never run off me like that again, okay? There with me loud knocks come knocking on the There's something not right with me lately. I can't put my finger on it, but... I know. It's not your boy. Oh no, the word. Where's this creepy? I knew you'd love that bit. Yeah. Oh. Uh, the voice of Lisa Hannigan, by the way, doing Wheeler oh. Wheeler while you're there. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's in the movie. I mean, yeah. sometimes what they do is uh, when they, you know, they, they tend to farm out kind of uh, film trailers to other companies. And so they tend to just use any piece of music that they can find. But that's actually in the movie and it's uh, it's really creepily done. And that's the thing. I mean, it's uh, we've got, by the way, I'm going to do two Irish. Both of these movies are Irish and they're two horror movies. Uh, and both were very well received. Um, now, I did like one better than the other, but this one, yeah, I liked very, very much. And the, I suppose it's not really a horror film to me. To me, it's what you would call a chiller. You know what I mean? Okay. You get chills down the spine. Yeah. And there's a lot of that. There's a few of those. There's a do few moments like in this. Do you like that genre? Of I see. I don't like horror, but yeah. I do. I don't mind that because there, when that happens, that's a director who knows what he's doing. That's a director who knows how to manipulate you and yeah. manipulate your brain and work you, rather than just kind of slicing somebody open. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And that's what this film does. Bless you. Uh, that was the most silent sneeze no, I've yeah. ever. <laughs> Nobody heard the sneeze on him. Mark saw me. I, I shouldn't have said anything. I, I do apologize. Closed the microphone. Whoa! Just you know, you suddenly feel the sneeze coming on. Talk so. about your chills. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and uh, so what's in first? The, the next interesting thing about this is that it's a it's an Irish film, um, but it's an Irish, it's kind of a co-production with a Finnish company. Oh. Uh, yeah, which I thought was interesting, and there are amazing scenes in forests here, and I presume that they were filmed in Finland, but they're not. They were filmed uh, uh, in the Wicklow Mountains, and so the film looks really absolutely beautiful I mean it really is uh, the hole in the ground and uh, so basically it's about this woman and her young son uh, Shanna Kerslake plays Sarah O'Neill James Quinn Markey plays uh, the uh, role of her son and uh, so it's set in Ireland it's set in Ireland yeah. with all an all Irish cast it's yeah. uh, written and directed by an Irishman by the name of Lee Cronin uh, everything about it is Irish but just some of the money has come from uh, from Finland okay and uh, and so t- she's obviously got some kind of a past and it's kind of a broken past we know that this 
there's been an abusive relationship there somewhere. Uh, the father of the child isn't around anymore. So she decides to get out of the city and go to a kind of a remote area of Ireland near a kind of a remote village and next to uh, the, 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 pretty much the, 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 the house is just next to this really, really dark, gigantic forest. And so whilst they're there, everything is going swimmingly until one day she nearly knocks down this old woman uh, who is uh, from the woods, who lives in the woods. And uh, she proclaims that uh, the young child is not hers, that it's an imposter. And she just thinks that this old woman doesn't know what she's talking about. But then, as they explore the forest, they find that there's a hole. There's this gigantic hole in the forest, which almost kind of seems to be alive. And so she forbids her young son from going there. And then one day, she's going for a jog, and she finds his action man doll near the hole, goes back to him and says, look, were you at the hole? Did you go there? He says, no, I didn't. But as gradually time goes on, his behaviour does become a little bit more odd and weird. And there's Creepy? Very much so. Yeah. Uh, she goes out to the forest at night, which of course, uh, and, uh, you know, which is kind of... <laughs> Don't go to the which forest you shouldn't at do. night. Well, first of all, you shouldn't go to a, a house that's right next to a forest, I yeah. suppose, in a way. And so therefore, but the next problem is, of course, you begin to wonder, is this all psychological? Is this all in her head? Because she yeah. has, uh, they, they make reference to this scar that she has in her head, which occasionally bleeds. So what the director has done here is, so he wants you to kind of think, and it's similar kind of in that way to kind of to the Babadook, uh, you know, uh, what is real and what isn't and it's very very cleverly done the film is beautiful to look at I mean the cinematographer was fabulous in this the music is terrific I forgot to find out who the uh, composer was but um it's, it's it, it, it that doesn't kind of resort to kind of horror movie cliches. And as I said, there are a couple of moments in this where I really did went, oh, there's a scene with a spider where you just go, Ugh. and it's very, very well done. And the two actors, uh, the two Irish actors, uh, Shanna Kerslake and the little boy, um, James Quinn Markey, are utterly and absolutely fabulous. They really, really are. Um, it's beautifully made. But obviously what the director did was he was obviously a fan of uh, a lot of horror movies. So there are little references. There's there's the bit from The Shining. There's the bit from uh, The Evil Dead. You know, uh, if you if you look at the poster, have you got uh, the poster there I, in front of you? Uh, well, it came up on the screen this morning as we were prepping for the show and I said, oh, it's, it's Mark in a horror movie and John Paul says yeah it looks awful doesn't it no. it's just I mean, creepy if you, look at, if you look at the poster the, the little boy looks like yeah. uh, looks like Damien uh, from yeah, The Omen yeah. for example absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. So, and so I think that's what the director has done he's taken all little bits of what he really really likes and put them all together and if it that's acceptable if it works and here it does work. The film is very, very slow moving, so he engineers tension and chilliness uh, constantly. And um, keeps at, at the end of your seat, edge of your seat. Exactly, yeah. And but the ending is like what? And oh. and so I was very, very impressed with it. I really was. And it oh. keeps you, it keeps you thinking, and it keeps you kind of questioning what you're seeing all the time. And I thought it was fabulous. Um, it has gotten very, very good reviews. It was very well received at the Sundance Film Festival, the Robert okay. Redford Film Festival. And uh, and is it in the, It's out in the cinema. It's in the it? cinema, and I yeah. recommend people to go and see it you know there's there's nothing here really that will disgust you in any way shape or form okay it's really a film and this wonderful kind of film about these these two people this mother and uh, the relationship between her and her son and on International Women's Day what, I, I can safely say that this is a wonderful performance and she's but strong prepare, and everything prepare for the do. ending uh, yeah okay alright okay so mark that out of 10 the hole in the ground I'll give it 9 9 out of 10 okay yeah. that's in the cinemas at the moment and then the DVD is The Cures. Now, you've gone again for another drama horror 
sci-fi and another Irish uh, horror film wow yeah exactly uh, once again I mean, both films were actually supported by the BAI uh, the Broadcasting uh, Authority of Ireland indeed they put money into this and okay. uh, well, on the BAI yeah uh, the thing about it is that the, both these films are obviously kind of uh, very low budget but I think in this film I think I think the small budget worked better in the first film whereas here I think there are times when you can see I think the budget limitations of this so basically okay. um, so um, it's kind of a, a, a post zombie apocalypse in Ireland Island, and they have found a cure and those that uh, were zombies have been turned back into ordinary people once again but the problem is is that they're very very much shunned by um, society and um, so would you be I think you know yeah, what I mean yeah. if you met somebody who was a zombie yesterday that ate your brother yeah what kind of relationship do you have with this person the other thing of course is that the people who were zombies and are, are now cured obviously still have the memories of how they behaved so as zombies, in their yeah. head so they've got this kind of PTSD kind of thing this kind of post-traumatic stress disorder of the fact that they remember every single moment of everything that they did and of course that of course uh, doesn't help um, they find that society is shunning them as well and so therefore a lot of they, they come into contact uh, contact with the military who have no respect for them um, the thing about this is that this is um, uh, the director here is also the writer David Frame. I think what he's trying to do here is that he, it's a psychological drama, but he's also using it as a kind of a metaphor for what happened in Northern Ireland and the divisions of Northern Ireland. Uh, for example, the um, the actual um, disease is called the maze. For example, so there's the lots maze. of reference. Yeah, wow. so it's kind Clever. of clunkily done. Yeah, it's, it, it, you would wish that it was was done a little bit better. Like the first film, this is very very slow, but it's so slow in such a way that you do become kind of very very bored, and you're waiting for kind of all the time things to happen. There's a lot of moody men uh, and women feeling sorry themselves looking out windows and it's very, very slow. It's, um, it also stars Ellen Page, uh, the um, American actress. Why does actress. her name ring about? Uh, she was in Juno. Uh, oh. And she's fabulous in yeah, Juno. Yeah. And she has produced this as well and I, I get the impression she didn't particularly want to be in it but uh, there's a small part where she is and she doesn't really have any effect on you know, the outcome of the movie and um, so obviously she just decided look, I'll put myself in the film just to get it promoted uh, because I Obviously, she felt kind of, uh, you know, it was important that this film, you know, be seen by a lot of people. What happens then is finally at the end, it does then fall into the trap of being a, an everyday kind of zombie movie. And we've seen it all before. And that, I think that's a pity. So I think with a little bit of editing, I think with a little bit, bit more kind of... Um, if, if, they, if, if there was a little bit more speed to the film, I think, because was it, is, it Was it because of the budget? Did that affect it, the lower budget? No, I think the, the budget only affected it because it just looked kind of cheap every now and then. Oh, right, they okay. were trying to maybe, you know, uh, produce something on screen that they didn't have the money for. But I think the acting is very good. Uh, Sam Keighley plays the uh, character of Senan. We got to Tom Vaughan Lawler, uh, who has a very good rep- reputation. He was very good in The Avengers uh, last uh, year. So the performances are very, very good. It's just that it's just nothing much happens for about three quarters of the film. And then you get the, finally the answer. Waiting, and by that waiting. stage, yeah. by that stage, you've kind of had enough of it. Uh, there is a lot to look uh, to to enjoy here. The performances, as I say, are very, very good. I still recommend it. I don't think it's as any way near as good as the Hole in the Ground, uh, but both are, you know. But as a DVD, worth the, wa- worth the watch. Very much. Yeah. Was it filmed in Ireland? It was filmed in Dublin. Yes, oh, okay. it was. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's good to see these movies being made here. Yeah. You know, what I mean, yeah. and good movies. I mean, I was I was a bit disappointed with the cured, but there's so much there to enjoy as well. There's some very interesting kind of moments and horrific moments as well, and horror moments as opposed to horrific, I suppose. Uh, that I would I would still recommend it, but um, after watching the whole of the ground, I was kind of a bit disappointed. I wanted more, and um, so a, a little bit more pacing, I think, to the editing. Yeah, but as you say, good to see that these films are being produced in Ireland. Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. and they're not an embarrassment. 
embarrassment either in good, any way, shape or form. Good. Yeah. Okay, so Mark the Cured out of 10? Um, I'll give it six. Six out of yeah. 10. Okay, but worth the fear. Looking for a DVD to while away an evening yeah. uh, this week. Uh, it comes recommended. All right, thank you for that, Mark. Have a lovely week and we will chat to you again next Friday. That's Mark Malone, our movie reviewer. 1850-333-103. Lines open. Celebrating International Women's Day 2019 with Kildare Village. C103. Michael says, Patricia, a very happy International Women's Day to all our wonderful women who work at home and abroad on our behalf. A massive thanks for the great exceptional work that they do for us without fear of favour. May God bless you all and keep on rolling ahead. That's uh, WhatsApp in from uh, Michael. And I want to wish the very best of luck. I know they're already underway and we've spoken about them before, but there's great photographs in the paper of each and every one of them. At, uh, this is the Team Ireland Special Olympic squad. They were at Dublin Airport yesterday. They je- they've jetted off to the World Games, uh, which are being held in Abu Dhabi uh, this uh, this time round, and um, obviously with the heat, it's at a different time of the year. They couldn't have it uh, during the summer, and there are a lot of special Olympic athletes from the Cork city and county areas, and we just want to wish them the very best of luck. I imagine they are going to have a trip that is going to be magical and extremely me- memorable. So the best of luck to each and. Uh, every one of them. Okay, that's where I've got to wrap it up for today. Reminding you to make sure that you're checking out our social media pages today for International Women's Day because you can give me the chance of winning Kildare Village gift cards if you head over to our Facebook page or our Instagram page and tag a woman in your life you're in with the chance of winning a €250 gift card that's what we have on offer thanks to John Paul McNamara who produced Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon have a great weekend and we'll talk to you Monday morning at 10 on to the Line Patricia Messenger Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.